Welcome to the We Are Next podcast, advice and insight from all over the advertising industry to help you navigate your career with confidence. I'm Natalie Kim. And I'm Jasmine Burrell, an account manager at Vox Media and the founder of Lizzie Della Creative Strategies. And thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Natalie, and welcome to episode 50. I hope you're easing into this week after the uber-confusing midweek holiday last week. This is episode 50, which means that we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Officially, it's August 1st, so look out for some special things that we'll be doing to celebrate around that time. Our guest this week is Jasmine Burrell, account manager at Vox Media and founder of Lizzie Della Creative Strategies. Jasmine is a few years into her career, and she blew me away with her forward thinking on where the industry is going, her self-awareness, and her belief that now is the best time to make your own table versus fighting for a seat at someone else's. Let's get to it. Enjoy. Jasmine, thanks so much for joining me today. We're talking via Skype. And um, how we first connected, I feel like you must have seen the posts that I posted on LinkedIn. I was looking for female guests. And I think you reached out via the guest interest form and I read about your experience and what you've done and we had our initial call. So I'm super excited to get a little bit more into your experience to date, Lizzie Della, all those good things. Right. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm so I'm such a fan of the podcast and there's been so many great people. So I'm honored to even be on here to be able to um, join you and join this amazing guest list that you have. So. Awesome. Why don't we start by talking about how you began your journey in the industry? Can you talk about how you found advertising and made your way into the industry? Yeah, sure. So I actually um, got my undergraduate education at the University of Missouri, Columbia. And um, when I originally went, I knew I wanted to do journalism. So I wanted to do broadcast journalism at the time. And I had actually got an internship um, from in Kansas City. And I, you know, it was never really the glamorous thing that I thought it was going to be. It wasn't like, you know, you're just a cute girl out there with a microphone and somebody's recording you like you do all the work. So this was like in 2012. So um, I knew that we had to write like the online stories. And this is around the same time that um, the Trayvon Martin uh, controversy was going on. And when I seen those comments, I knew, I said, there is no way in the world I could <laughs> have written this article and be on the news right now. So I said, let me not do that because I know my career will be short-lived. I had actually um, just took a chance. I still wanted to do in a journalism school because Mizzou has the best. And I was like, well, let me see what strategic communication is. And I went to go visit VML, was the first agency that I visited. And I absolutely fell in love with the work. I fell in love with the industry that I was not very familiar with before, especially with me being a first generation college student. And from there, I was like, you know, I think I really want to do the account management thing because that way I could still do like my public speaking and like my pitching and like being able to represent brands and agencies in a manner that um, was indicative to my beliefs and to the brands that I'm representing. So from there, I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. And I set out to do it. So how did you go then from being a student studying strategic communications to getting your foot in the door at kind of your first couple roles in the industry? Yeah, so it was, you know, it's never easy. It's never easy. And um, for me, I really just took the 
the um, mindset that every opportunity matters. And especially with me wanting to be an account person, because I feel like with my, with that being my initial goal, I knew that you had to, you know, you were the glue that held everything together. So I was not taking turning down any opportunities. And so I landed my first um, internship at um, Fleischman Hillard in Dallas, which is PR. It's not like creative advertising. And um, definitely not what I wanted to do, but it definitely showed me the another part of the business, a part of the marketing world and the part of the marketing ecosystem that I was very appreciative of. And I took that knowing that it wasn't advertising because I knew it was Omnicom. I look at the bigger picture mm-hmm. and I like a lot of like um, my peers at the time were like, you know, oh, I want to work at this place and this place. And if I don't get here, that means that I won't be able to get there. And it's, it's baby steps. And every opportunity is an opportunity to learn. So um, after I went there, I was like, you know, let me take advantage of being an Omnicom. And so I said, I have to do a creative agency internship. So from there, I um, scored an internship, a minimum wage paying internship in Atlanta (laughs) at BBDO and, um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. I knew that was what I wanted to do. I worked on AT&T, a very large account. So I got to see the inner workings and like, um, work on my administrative, just like technical details there. And, um, I really just set out to, that's what I knew. That's what I wanted to do. And I made it very clear in my passion points when I was interviewing and when I was applying and I knew I didn't have the flashiest resume. So I really just had to sell my personality and sell my passion for it. And it works. So yeah, I love your piece of advice about seeing the bigger picture. I think that's such a great example. Um, And, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and they said a similar thing around like not just looking at the role that you're trying to land like immediately, but what is the role that you want in like three years? Like what's that next level up that you're trying to get to and being able to think like, is this whatever I'm looking at in front of me and assessing going to get me closer to that or not and that really being the best judge of whether you should you know go to a place or or not whether it is you know exactly what you had in mind or something that's like tangentially related because I'm sure that experience working in PR I mean it's it's all additive it's not like you never use those skills that you established there exactly and I will also say too like being and I think also people are like very like stuck on a role or stuck on a title. I've definitely noticed that with like younger people and with my peers. And I'm like at the end of the day, you can't worry about that because I knew I, I knew I wanted to do account, but like I said, they touch everything. They touch every part of the business. So from being an account, I realized that my strong suit was strategy. And so being able to recognize that and being able to move forward with that was an opportunity that was given to me by not focusing on something that looks good on paper, sounds good as on an Instagram post, but really focusing on um, what I wanted to do, like you said, like really focusing on the, the end goal. Right, right. So throughout your career, you've worked at some big name agencies, you mentioned BBDO, but you've also been part of smaller teams, you were part of Spike DDB. Um, So I was wondering what, in your opinion, is the best parts and biggest challenges of working at big name agencies and also at smaller boutique creative shops? Absolutely. So um, yeah, like my first job, I was an AAE at Spike DDB. And um, I absolutely positively loved it. It was we were a super super tight knit team. It was maybe thirteen of us in the office if everyone was there. 
And I feel like um, the one of the biggest pros was I was able to actually touch everything. And I feel like when um, people rush into those behemoth agencies, especially like on account, like low level account people, you just do paperwork. So you're, you're, you know, you're like scheduling the meetings or getting the papers in, and you almost feel internish at that point because you, you're one of so many. And I was at like where I was side by side sitting next to our copywriter or sitting next to our designer and sitting next to our strategist. I was on pitches within my first six months of working, like actually going on pitches and going on production sets. So that experience was, I was so lucky to have that so early on and it really um, was able to mold me into being uh, more understanding as an account person when I moved on to um, 72 and Sunny and better graphs timelines and expectations and even just billing like that's things that people don't think about <laughs> I was like I'm not, I'm not going to have to worry about finances I'm not in the finance department but yes you do <laughs> so you know just like really being able to touch all of those um, parts of the business and being able to touch those people and having those people accessible to you, being able to look at Spike Lee every day and look at Dabo Che, who was our ECD at the time, and being able to see, you know, these are people that you see on TV and these are people that are giving me direct advice every single day. But I will say the kind, and especially, and this might be specific because it was um, a multicultural shop, but it was, it was slower, you know, so it wasn't as flashy of accounts. So we were doing a lot of, you know, smaller um, pieces and projects. Like I said, that very well could have been just because we were multicultural and that's a whole other discussion in itself. But <laughs> but um, but it was definitely a lot slower. So while I was gaining a lot of experience when we did have work, I also felt stagnant at times where we didn't. And we didn't have many resources to um, expand education or expand uh, like pitch services because we were so niche to an extent versus when and even the 72 and sunny New York office isn't like huge. It's not like the campus, like the L.A. campus. So but it was definitely medium, large size. And there um, I feel like the pro was for one, my accounts. And I was able to um, with the experience that I was able that I was coming from, I was able to be trusted with being client facing so early. And so I was able to really meet, you know, huge, you know, CMOs and uh, brand directors with me being less than a year out of school and um but I was able to do a lot of work and with that being said I was doing individual projects like leading those up and like social campaigns and local campaigns so um I was able to have a lot more responsibility in the in that capacity and have a lot more meaningful work that I, not necessarily meaningful but a lot more uh, present work that was being showcased but I will say a con, and I guess it's kind of a con for little and big agencies, is that um, it's not always as together as you would think. Process is something I think that the creative um, industry is always struggling with because it's almost like you hear the word process, you're like, that doesn't make sense. Like, we're a creative place. Everybody should be collaborative and everybody should, you know, just be able to chime in and like play ping pong. But that's not the way it is. And um, so I feel like that's kind of like one of the biggest things because when you do have such large accounts and you do have such a large name on your resume and such big expectations, um, it's important to develop that process and a lot of times coming in you don't really know how that process works how that company works and um, so yeah and I would definitely say you know just realizing that when you're going into those environments is not always as um, systematic as you may think 
and you can't go in there with those expectations. And also that uh, you will have a lot of responsibilities that you might not get credit for as a younger person coming in. And you can't always just look for um, a golden star on your forehead every time you do something because you have to make sure <laughs> that the work is getting out the door. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it was it's definitely pros and cons of both and similar in both. But at the end of the day, I was I, I felt fulfilled in both and it was enough to make me want to launch my own, own um, business. So I, I feel, I'm grateful for every opportunity that I've had and what I've learned while there. Yeah, so now you're an account manager at Vox Media, your current role, and I wanted to hear about what that new role entails. It's completely different. It's completely different, but I love it. So being an account manager um, in in a media company, and for those that may not know, Vox Media is a modern media company, and we have some of your favorite websites from The Verge to Eater, Curbed, Vox.com, Racked. SB Nation, a lot of huge names. And um, when I was applying here, I was like, you know, I kind of want to take a break from the creative side because I knew I wanted to do my own business. And I know that everything is becoming such like have such um, digital scope and such a media scope. And that's really the direction that the industry is going. So I said, I might as well learn sooner than later. And it's so different because of the account management side in, in media is much more sales based. It's very client facing in my role, but um, it's still I work very, very close with the um, CMO and with the director of sales in securing key accounts and securing top business. And like even things like reporting, like actual like granular reporting, like it exposed me to a whole new world of vocabulary from like CTM, CPVs. I'm like, what am I like? What's happening? I don't even know what this stuff is. And um, I'm really grateful that um, as a company, they were able to see the value in me not knowing that, being able to see the creative um, background that I had and and were able to see that that was going to be a niche for me. And especially being that I work on the telco side of business, which you don't think of as being, you know, a sexy part of the business whatsoever. You're like Verizon, Sprint, like that's, they're not doing anything fun. But um, I think it really does help because you have a different way of thinking. You're not just thinking about generating sales. You're thinking about um, business objectives in a way that, people that are um, revenue motivated might not. And so I've been able to see how that's translated very well. And um, But it's been a challenge. It's definitely been uh, growing pains. It's been learning pains, but it has been worth it. And I definitely enjoy the switch. And I will say the work-life balance is amazing. No more (laughs) 11 p.m. nights. And um, I'm able to really still be able to have like, you know, my um, Lizzie Della business and be able to um, have a life outside of work while still being fulfilled at what I do in my day job. So it's great for sure. I, I love that you're able to talk about some, because that was going to be a follow-up question, which you already kind of answered, but like, you know, the skills or the things that you bring, even though this role is like totally different, you know, those things that you did as an account manager on the agency side, how they're really translating and, and helping you be um, stronger as an account manager on the media side. So I appreciate kind of those those qualities that you outlined that, you know, and the way that you're looking at things that other people at Vox, you know, they might be coming at it from a slightly different perspective. I can see how they would see the value in you. Um, And also that you're able to talk about work-life balance. That's always a question for me. Um, And I'm sure it's it's hard to generalize. Um, You know, obviously, 
we can't say that like every media company or every client side is better work-life balance, but I feel like that's the perception at least that if you get out of the agency world, your work-life balance will be a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it has been. And like even going back to just like the skills, like you learn so many, because one thing I would say about just about agency life in general is that you learn so many people skills, even outside, even if you're not in an account management role, just being having like having to collaborate with different teams and having to um, dive in all those disciplines and learn about how they do things. It really lets you be able to have so many different sets of eyes. And um and like I said, when you come into like a, a more sales side of the business, they are looking at stuff strictly through revenue. They're like, what can we put in their client face that they might buy? And you're like, well, wait a minute. That's not really what they want to do. So let's think, let's step back. Let's see what they want to do, what they presented with us. And let's figure out how to strategically win new business. And, um, and I think that that's kind of like just like just a sales mind state in general. You know, they have that bad rep and they're, they're not bad people at all, <laughs> but they have that reputation of not really being people first. And I feel like being in the creative side, you especially being client facing, you definitely have that people first mentality because at the end of the day, we all are peers. We all are people trying to have the same goals and objectives in media. So absolutely agree. Well, I commend you too for, I mean, you've, you seem very forward thinking in the way that you're approaching your career, you know, having worked in a few creative agencies and, you know, seeing where things are going and, and wanting to learn new skills and moving over to that side. I think that's actually quite rare. I mean, I haven't come a lot across a lot of people who have moved from agency side to media side or more like sales side. I know it gets, sales gets a bad rap, but it seems like, again, you're able to bring that sort of people first creative approach to what you're doing there and and you're right I mean the things and the vocabulary that you're learning now I mean it's only going to serve you no matter what you do whether you stay on that side or you come back to agency side or whatever yeah absolutely absolutely and I and that, I mean that's kind of a piece of advice that I would give just in general is like when you're at these creative agencies is it's really easy to get like um, caught up in like you know the aesthetics of it and the the perks of it and you know just like the the nameliness but you really have to look at the landscape and the landscape is changing so much and it has changed even since I graduated three years ago it's changed so much and being on the publisher side now you see the capabilities that these companies have and you see that the agencies are trying to follow suit and um it's, it's just really important to see that and when you when you're at these agencies don't um over like don't inflate your role and don't underestimate another agency's role because I worked with a lot of different agencies when I was at these like when I was at the creative agencies but they were media agencies and I was like you know whatever they do we do the fun stuff but they definitely have a huge role in the the shift that um, the industry is taking and learn as much as you can from everybody that you interact with and see what they see what they bring to the table because they're getting paid too. <laughs> so they have a value. So it's important to just um, really look at the landscape and really connect with the people that you work with, both on the client side and internally in the agency side. Oh, I love it. Such good advice. Very, very good advice. On our intro call, we talked a lot about minorities being treated mm-hmm. like prizes and sort of anomalies in the industry. And I know you had shared um, a piece or a profile that Pop Sugar did on you as well and your thoughts on it. So I wanted to hear about your experience as a black woman working in advertising and how how it's shaped how you're approaching your career moving forward. 
Absolutely. So um, ever since I entered the arena, I knew that I wanted to focus on multicultural advertising. Like I knew that was something that I wanted to do. Hence why my first full-time job was at Spike. And when I went to 72, I was working on the Ciroc line of business where they had it. And um, I knew that was something that was an audience that I wanted to target. And I feel like I'm in a position where um, I'm, I'm very unique, especially to New York City. If any, anyone on the Listen to Podcast can hear my accent, it's very thick. I'm like, this is how I talk in interviews. This is how I talk in client calls. Like, this is just who I am. And I feel like um, when you go into just different settings, you have um, a specialness, a newness to you almost. But the same way anything else does, it gets old. And especially when you are a minority and they think, well, you know, she doesn't really know about this because she's not a part of this demographic or she hasn't had the experience in this, blah, blah, blah. I feel like you kind of are almost pigeonholed into being that person. So you're pigeonholed into being that personality instead of um, really being able to um, so, so your, you know, your oats for what you, for the knowledge you've learned in the industry by walk, working across many points of business. And I feel like that's kind of a trend that, um, I see just in the industry in general. And, um, it's like, because you see more and more brands are saying we need to work with multicultural agencies because we're a global brand. So we are talking to people in South Africa. We're talking to people in Brazil and in Mexico. So we can't just have a completely all white all from the same part of the country agency and agencies know this, but instead of nurturing it, they, I feel as if they treat you like a prize. They, they, they keep you there for that to an extent. (laughs) But I do feel like that has definitely shaped me as far as, um, the way that I present myself and the way that I present my ideas, because when I come into the room and when I come on the phone, you know that I am black and you know that I will talk to you (laughs) about black things shamelessly. And at the end of the day, I understand that the the culture is um, much more of a uh, larger quilt than just any color, than just any group. And that agency, you sometimes you have to present your position as that. Like my value is more than just being a black woman. Tell you about black woman things. I am also a first generation college student. I am also from the middle of the country. I am also a millennial. Like there are more things to my identity than just what you might think your target audience is. And I also feel like that is what encouraged me to make my own business because I realized that humans are complex. And as we get into a more um, multiracial world, we see that these changes are impacting culture, they're impacting language, they're impacting everything. And we see that on social media all the time, 24-7, even just more recently with the Heineken ad that was just put on blast for being um, tone deaf. And we're seeing it more and more and more. And that's because those voices are not in the room because they're not considering those to be quote unquote multicultural ads. <laughs> so um, it really just helped me realize, you know, that at the, at the same time, those same opportunities, the brands are looking for people that are like us that have this uh, insight. And so it's up to us to make that, um, to use our abilities to make that accessible to them and to reach the demographics that we relate to and that the world relates to. And it's not just about winning an award or being on a list, but it's about creating meaningful, meaningful work that impacts people all over the world and impacts other young people of color 
to want to join this industry because it can definitely come off as intimidating if you look at, you know, agency a list or you look at the websites and you see the group pictures you're like nobody like me is there like this is a brand i like but nobody there looks like me so um i just think that representation is important and is more than just what's being on the ad and throwing someone in there it's about who's in the room making these decisions and who is going to bat for the people that these ads are being advertised to i mean to build on what you're saying or to summarize i guess you know, I, I love your thought of like, yes, you need diverse, multicultural people in the room actually making the work. But so many times it's kind of and we talked a little bit about it, too, on our call about, you know, there's a better pipeline now. It's still not the best, but there's a better t- pipeline of at least like young talent through Right. Um, programs like MAPE and Add Color Futures and stuff like that coming in. But it's not enough to just have them like in the agency because oftentimes like you said like your experience you know maybe they get pigeonholed to being like well you can work on this more like multicultural account or for this like multicultural agency or you can work against like diversity inclusion uh, initiatives Mm -hmm. and like that's great and people should do that but it has to be less siloed it's like you're just talent that's in the agency and we put you on business that um because the audience is increasingly multicultural as you said and that you don't have to have this like pigeonholed criteria in order for you to be exactly. on that piece of business. Exactly. And I would like, I did, actually did not do any of those programs. So I didn't do MAPE. I didn't do Ad Color. I think there are Marcus Graham. I think those are amazing programs, especially in terms of even exposing um, young college kids to the industry. But I do feel like it's come to a point where um, it's almost it almost kind of drives the anomaly narrative because you to get into those programs, you have to have a certain GPA. You want to, you know, have to do like all these projects and do all of these things, which are of course great things. And I feel like everybody should be able to do them, especially coming into this industry. But the cold reality of it is when you go into these agencies is that's not what your, your peers had to do. They really, they might've had a, a major in philosophy. And so then you go in there, you're like, well, wait, I'm way overqualified <laughs> for this because I know how to do this. And it almost kind of, and then when you, like you said, like leading into that, then when you get pigeonholed, it's like, well, wait, I am bringing a lot more experience to the table, a lot more understanding of the business. And yet, and still, I'm still being placed with this title over my head. <laughs> and um, like I said, I had that benefit of, not even that benefit, but I had that um, mark on my back for not having those. But like I said, I, my accent is enough. They're like, okay, I definitely know <laughs> who, who, who she is. But um, I think those are amazing, amazing programs. And it's, but it's just like it, it, it's definitely a struggle because I feel like that's almost is the only pool when you think about it for them to choose young talent. But there's so many more people out there. And even going back to my earlier comment, a lot of young kids that I talk to about advertising are intimidated by it because they look at these lists and they don't see anybody like them. That, that, that was honestly my background. That was why I wanted to do multicultural. And that's why I like gravitated towards working at Spike DDB for my first job, because I knew I wanted to do work that was going to be meaningful and that was going to um, represent people that looked like me. And I was going to be working with people that looked like me and that I felt comfortable with. But not everybody knows about Spike DDB. I went to <laughs> a top school for advertising, so I knew about these opportunities. And so um, it's always a difficult situation to be in. And I feel like the industry is definitely changing. Is 
is molding. And I feel like a lot of groups are trying, but I really feel, really feel like we're at the point where we can lead by example. We have proven that we have the abilities, that we have the knowledge. And as we continue to build our networks, there's no way to go but up. And when you look at all these famous agencies like Wyden and Kennedy and 72 and Sunny, and those are all startup people that used to work at the agency. And they just had a vision to make their own and they seen areas that need to be fixed and they made that their goal and that's what happened and there's no reason why anybody else can't do it and I feel like we are definitely the group that's able to do that I mean, especially as these agencies get older and the times change more and we see the landscape no better opportunity than now <laughs> in my opinion the time is now yeah well that's, that's a great segue into my next question when we talked on the phone you had this like great like line about young minorities needing to make their own table you know we fight so hard to have a place at the table but you know now we're like you just said now is the time to sort of like make your own table so I'd love for you to sort of just explain the idea high level and also tell us about Lizzie Della creative strategies yeah no absolutely so I feel like when I say that you should make your own table similar to what I just said we have the resources and um, you'd be shocked and I feel like as being that we do feel like we are like one in you know uh, agency of 500 there are still enough of us because like even when my article like came out in Pop Sugar I had so many people reach out to me like you know I felt like this like oh of all ages in the industry not even just young people but all ages like you know like ask like I see an opportunity and thank you for encouraging me to stay in the industry and being you know being able to see there is a light at the end of the tunnel because it definitely can be um you know alienating and I but I feel like even if no matter what agency you're at you are working with some of the top companies and some of the top people and you're building these relationships and there's you should use them you should use them for advice, for mentorship, for anything that you can. So you can be able to not even if you don't want to start your own agency, you'll be able to better choose where you want to go with your career and the way that you want to use your talents. And um, so whether that table is in a production company or whether that table is in um, HR company or whatever it may be, it's time for us to set the standard that um, we have been expecting the industry to follow by that they haven't. And uh, that really is what led me to create Lizzie Della Creative Strategies because I really sat down and I realized, I'm like, you know, I really have amazing connections. I've been in New York less than two years. Actually, it's been two years as of two weeks ago. But I've been in New York um, two years and I've been able to make connects at some of the largest companies and where I still hang out with my clients to this day. From that, I, from agencies that I worked at when I first moved here, and you know, like that's not rare. And especially when you are an authentic person and you are very true to your values, people realize that. And I think that once we come to realize our um, power and our impact then we can absolutely make our own table, make our own seats at the table and open them up for other people that are coming up. So when they look at the agency A-list or when they look at pictures and research, they see that there are opportunities to work on brands that care about you and care about your uh, people that look like you, as well as companies that care about you and more than just care about you being there for a season or for a reason. And, um, 
And yeah, I mean, like, I just, and like, and really, especially for it to be, I don't want to say it's easy because it's definitely not easy, but, um, like when, even when you think about like, just like economic barriers, I mean, really is at the point where it's connections. It's not like you need like a crazy startup where you need like angel investors or anything like that. Like something that you can really use with your, your peers. And I believe, um, Issa Rae had made a comment in an interview, um, like last year that said a lot of times we look up to people that are so higher up, like senior and we're like oh you know I want to be like her I want to be the CMO here or I want to be the president here and it's like your peers like you know she was somebody's peer at one point so you should really utilize the people that are on the same level as you that have the same dreams and visions and experiences as you advertising has always been considered to be a doggy dog industry and um, very cutthroat and I'm like it doesn't have to be like that it doesn't have to be like that. And especially as we're young and we see that we are the minority in the situation is no better time than the present to make a table for everybody and figure out what your niche is and give people that have that same vision as you to make things happen. What kind of work does Lizzie Della do? And can you talk about a couple clients that you've worked with? Yeah, so at Lizzie Della, we focus on multicultural marketing and brand marketing and strategy. So, so far, we have worked with BET Networks on an experiential event that was held um, towards the end of last year for the Gucci Mane show. And um, we have worked with Loudspeaker Networks, which is a podcast network that hosts um, the Friend Zone and um, the Read and Getting Grown. And so right now we've been like pretty entertainment based, but um, I've also had several clients from my hometown of Kansas City, like nonprofits, where I've helped several like minority um, business owners help with their brand strategy and brand guidelines and um, even just like PR efforts as far as pitching to media outlets. So um, at this point, it's really kind of like we really we really focus on brand marketing and um, strategy more than anything. And just so it really depends on the side of the brand. And we have a, a very big RFP in the works. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> so but, um, you know, but yeah, like we really just focus on making sure that the work that we put out is actually authentic and not the buzzword for authentic, but that it is research driven and that it is audience driven and that it's emotionally driven. And I feel like a lot of times with like the triangle is always a point missing and we do the best to get as many points as we can when we are creating any type of um, deliverable, whether it be an asset, whether it be an event or whether it even be a logo to make sure that um, the brand is best represented and the target audience feels respected. That's amazing. I mean, congratulations. I I, I mean, you said a lot in terms of, you know, the reason behind starting your own thing. And I think it's really inspiring to hear someone who, you know, has a few years uh, experience, you know, a few years into your career that that you feel like, and I think you're right in terms of the tools and the resources available out there, like what it takes to start something um, mm-hmm. is much, the, the barriers are much lower today mm-hmm. than, than ever. Um, and, and I found that too with starting We're Next and like even doing the podcast, like it seems like such a big thing, but it's actually like, I don't consider myself like technically savvy at all or like anything right. like that, but it's, um, it's easier than people think. Um, and leveraging your network, especially the people who are like on the same level as you, I think that's such great advice and something I tell people all the time because yeah, everyone started somewhere. All the big agencies we see today started 
from something from one person and or a couple people having an idea or wanting to do something so I think um, it's a really inspiring message for people even early in their careers to really think about you know what what they want to do with their talents and the industry that they want to see and how they can you know help shape it maybe by creating their own things or you know just by um the way that they move through their career and what they kind of demand from people around them and and the agencies that they work for so i think it's really really amazing and i feel like um the the fact that even just in this past year or so the conversations that have been had in the industry even they've been very um they haven't been very in-depth to what the, the real issue is but you see more and more people are like piping up to say, okay, you know, at the end of the day, we did have just, you know, a a woman diversity problem, but there's also a woman of color diversity problem. There's also an access education problem. There's so many other problems. And I feel like with more and more people stepping up and holding the industry accountable, and then also with um, us realizing it so early and speaking about it, it really can cause a shift. It can really make a change in the industry that we value so much. And I mean, I fell in love with advertising when um, the, the second I stepped foot into VML, because when you really think about it, there's no industry like ours. There's really not, because it's, it's amazing that you can play a commercial or a jingle for somebody that's 85 years old that they heard when they were five and they still know it. You know, or you can remember you see a, a, a doll in the store and you remember seeing the commercial for it and the theme song there or, you you know, the slogans. I mean, like it's literally nothing like it. how we have the ability to craft a product and make it into a feeling and make it into a memory and um, even just a taste or a smell, anything. And um, I feel like that's something that shouldn't be taken as lightly as it has been taken and it shouldn't be as exclusive as it's always been. And I think as as long as those barriers go down, especially like in the um, United States, the industry will definitely see an impact and the work that we produce will really cause waves across the world even more than it always already has. So I have faith still. So (laughs) I know it's going to change. I know it's coming. I do too. I share, I share your sentiment. I know like things, it's like, especially in the last couple of years, the, the conversations that's been going on, even if they're surface level, like it feels kind of rough, like as you're like going through it and, but it's just so necessary in order for us to get to a better place. And so like you, yeah. I'm very hopeful. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. And like I'm saying, even if, um, you know, the, the larger agencies don't change that we have the resources. And as long as you have the vision, the same way you started, we are next. And you weren't technically savvy, but you had a passion. You seen that there was a need and you were able to carry it out in the same way that I'm doing. And we see more and more people are doing it. So the pressure is the pressure's building, the pressure's on. <laughs> so it's coming. All right. Well, why don't we wrap up? We always end with the best piece of advice that you've ever been given. Oh, that is a tough one. I will say, um, I feel like I've kind of even sprinkled it all throughout um, a lot of my responses, but I will say the, the best piece of advice I was given was absolutely to always look at the bigger picture. And I feel like when you look at um, young talent, it's so easy to get caught up on what you think the end goal is that you miss the journey getting there and you aren't able to really piece together. You know what? This might not be for me. This might be and maybe my um, 
my, maybe my avenue is production. Maybe my avenue is copywriting. Like maybe it's PR. You never know. And I feel like um, in an era where there's social media and everything so seems like it's so immediate and it's like it's so fast that you really just have to realize you're running your own race and you need to look at the larger game plan for yourself and really research and no matter what you do. So whether that's the agents that you want to work for, I'm not talking about just salary research like we all like to do, but really researching and reaching out to your network. And LinkedIn is such a great resource. I've never gone to um, an interview without reaching out to somebody from LinkedIn just to find out more about the workplace, the um, environment there and the culture there ever. And if it not only does it help you prepare for the interview, but it helps you figure out if you want to continue the interview. I've canceled several. So, um, I would definitely say is look at the bigger picture. Oh, and another one. This is this. I definitely have to get this one off. Is um, really you have to realize that you are as much as I say you don't want to be a novelty. You are the commodity, and I feel like a lot of times going back into that research point that we think a name is enough to um, to make us happy, and it's not. So you really have to realize that when you are going in these interviews, even at a young age, even with you thinking that you don't have that much experience to leverage, that you are still your own person and you have something to bring to the table. So the interview is a two way street. Don't go in there just saying, oh, well, you know, I need this and the other. You don't know how to do it, but I'm going to say I know how to do it because I want to work here. And if you are saying that, be very candid about it and be like, you know, I, I can learn. I want to learn, like really, really research and realize that. The, you, the, the stronger you start off your career and your interview skills and your negotiation skills, the better you will be. And it won't take very long. And you are really going to be considered to be a commodity and that they're the one that's gaining you. You're not just gaining a name on your company, like a, na a name on your resume. I'm sorry. But it's really a two way street and you have a lot to offer any place. So whether it's a big name or a small name or your own name or no name, you have a lot to bring to the table. And uh, Always remember that. Don't sell yourself short for a name, a temporary name at that. So <laughs> I love that because especially because I feel like students, especially when they graduate or when you're starting out, you're only like really aware of probably like 5% of the agencies. <laughs> Exactly. That actually exists. And they can't, I mean, the right, quote unquote, right agency for you when you start out, it's, it's so, it's such a personal thing. It's so dependent on like how you like to work, your personality, like all these things, like what you want to do with your career. And so what might be right for the person next to you, like a big name shop that is focused on awards or whatever it is, um, might not be the best thing for you. And so- exactly. Being, I think what you're saying, like being a little more considered and choosy about like where you are sending your resume or where you are accepting interviews. I love your um, tip about reaching out uh, to someone, whether it is the person you're uh, interviewing with or someone else just in the agency, because there mm -hmm. is, it is different like what people say about the agency when they're the interviewer versus just someone who works there. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's, I mean, that's just a, like a skill that you learn, because of course, there's a way to finesse that without being, you know, too abrasive or too, you know, uh, like putting rubbing people the wrong way. And it takes a craft, but I'm always willing to give advice for that type of stuff, too, for sure. But, um, but yeah, no, I definitely recommend like that goes into just really, really researching whatever you're doing, whatever whatever you are considering your next move to be, make your me next move your best move. Like, because 
it and then of course even if it's not the best move you can move on because with life is <laughs> we have a plenty of time to make mistakes and to grow in the in our careers but um just to just definitely think very calculate your steps even as a young person because when i was doing uh, when i went to fleischman i knew i did not want to do pr but I did research and seen it was a part of Omnicom and I seen BBDO and I seen DDB and I said, okay, these are names that I know. And this is a way for me to get my foot in the door. And that's exactly what it did. And it ended up in BBDO three months later. So just really think about it and don't let rejection or um, any of those things get you down because it happens to everybody. Don't let it impair you from uh, you reaching out to those people and reaching out to that company again. Drop so much advice just at the very end right there. <laughs> <laughs> little advice bomb. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Where can people keep up with you? Um, the best place to um, reach out to me is probably definitely LinkedIn. Um, my name is just Jasmine M. Burrell. And um, I'm very responsive on there. I'm on there often. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm always open to giving advice and connecting and adding to my network. And especially for like young professionals, because I know what it's like. And I know especially for people that are not based on a coast that is, is can be very intimidating to even just make the move to New York or to L.A. or to anywhere to Texas, <laughs> for that matter, if you're in a small state. So um, I'm always willing to give advice and um, to talk to young people and to plug you in and for connections and to learn more. So LinkedIn is definitely the best avenue. Awesome. Well, I'll include the link on the episode page. Jasmine, thank you so much again for the time. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. It was a pleasure. We recorded that conversation a few months ago, and I was inspired all over again while I was editing it. Big thank you to Jasmine for sharing her advice so openly and so warmly. Advice is so much better shared. Leave us a review on iTunes or share the podcast with a friend. And while you're at it, check out all our resources on our website, including our job board, weekly email, and index. Just go to we-r-next.com. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I'm Natalie, and until next time, you got this.